Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon on Monday following the Super Bowl. We do need a name for this Monday, even if it's not going to be a holiday. It can't be Super Bowl. The Monday, Monday that shouldn't be a Monday. <laughs> That's a little long, but I like it. Aaron Maloney is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch, Aaron. So we will start with the Super Bowl right there. The Chiefs beat the Eagles at State Farm Stadium last night, 38-35, to win Kansas City's second Super Bowl ring in four seasons. Kansas City scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, 24 points in the second half versus 11 for the Eagles. Here's Patrick Mahomes after the game. This is amazing. Like, we won the Super Bowl. Like, this is happy. Like, you just like a little kid winning, winning, winning a prize at, at, the, at the fair. I mean, whereas this one, you've dealt with failure. You understand how hard it is uh, to get back on this stage and to win this game. I mean, I, I played in a Super Bowl where I got blown out, uh, where it was, I, I got all hyped up, and then we, you go out there and you don't do anything. Um, and then I lose the AFC Championship game in the overtime, um, when I thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl that year. And uh, have a full brand new team and have to go through the, the strain of being better and better every single day, it gives you a greater appreciation for winning this game. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks, what was the best part of Super Bowl 57? The Chiefs comeback, Jalen Hurts' performance, Rihanna's halftime show, or the commercials? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say the Chiefs come back. Wolf is the commercials. I mean, he's only been talking about that one all day. There was a game that was played. Stop it. I, yeah. You're going to throw me under the bus right there, Mel? Honestly? Yeah, she is. She of just course, did. it's number one. It's your first offering. Of course. Um, I, I, there was like two or three commercials that stood out to me. I thought oh, Rih- Rihanna it. was good at halftime. but uh, And Jalen Hurts was, was really good other than that one play. But I just I feel like this is one of those moments where we are witnessing an all-time great. And yesterday was one of those like all-time great performances where he was just like, no, I'll just be perfect in the second half with a busted up ankle against yeah. a really good defense. So yeah. it, it for me, it's one. But I will say the Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, that one. Was funny. That was the the Jack that Harlow so Jack funny. Harlow where everything was a triangle. That was pretty good too. No, for me it was Ben Affleck. You pulled that off, dude. You you, you look like the guy I actually see through the window when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. That <laughs> was good. It was really good. So you're answering commercials? No. <laughs> then what's your answer? I said number one, the first oh, one. Oh, got it. Okay, so sixty. Which was what? Now the Chiefs come back. Yeah, right. So sixty-two percent agree with you, Wolf. They said the Chiefs come back. Twenty-one percent say. Jalen Hurts' performance, 9% say the commercials, 9% Rihanna's halftime show. 9%? Wow. Did you like it? I, I thought Rihanna was kind of disappointing. I'm going to be honest with you. You were disappointed by Rihanna. Yeah, I was. I was wow. a little disappointed. Why is that? Well, you're never going to hear the, the end of this. lack of uh, knowing <laughs> what she does. I, and I know everyone knows her and everything. But, that's, but that, you can't be disappointed if you didn't have expectations. I, I, I wasn't... Yeah, well, first of all, if you're going to be the halftime entertainment for the Super Bowl. She had floating stage. 
stages. I, I How did they rig that I, up in eight I minutes? I would imagine. <laughs> I have no idea. That, man, the whole time, I was like, time How did they do this? Dicey. Well, yeah. She looked, hey, hey, take it easy. It was good. She has a lot of songs. What did she do, like 12 yesterday, 13, and she still had some she didn't. Yeah, sorry. Not good enough for Wolf. <laughs> Next time, I hope they cater to you, Wolf. And it's Metallica with Pantera and no, Alice in Chains. Tool, oh, Tool well, plays one yeah. song in the fourth uh, quarter. Uh, yeah, right. So let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, though. He three Super Bowl appearances and two Super Bowl rings at 27 years old. So here's Andy Reid. He grew, he grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats. And he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's that's what he wants to do. And that's the way he goes about his business. And he does it humbly. You know, I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so uh, we appreciate we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. Will Patrick Mahomes be the greatest quarterback of all time when he retires? Um, Just let the kid live, will you please? Metaphorically speaking, just honestly, right now, we don't have to talk about that. Let's appreciate what he is right now. So then would you rather Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes at this point? Uh, you know what? I'll take Pat Mahomes. It's got, I mean, it has to. The, the reason this is a conversation right now, first of all, no, he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. But secondly, he's the only player currently playing that could ever get himself into that conversation with Brady. I tell you, and I was saying this going into that Super Bowl a couple years ago, Wolf. I really wish he would have beat Brady in that Super Bowl a couple years ago because now it's like no matter what he does, you can always look back and be like, well, they played head-to-head once in the Super Bowl and Brady won. <laughs> but either way, I've never seen anybody play the position the way he does and do it so successfully. I mean, it was weird yesterday when he threw an incomplete pass. None of those passes were close to being intercepted, and he had a high ankle sprain that got re-injured. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that wasn't I'm supposed to be the, the end of the show. All right, all right. You're not <laughs> partaking. Got it. Are we seriously going to sit here and we're, let's just love Pat Mahomes for who he is, the best quarterback on the face of the planet right now? Wolf wants to go not back to talking about, about Ben Affleck. Are we going and to, Rihanna. Yeah. Are we going to project <laughs> him? Is he going to be the greatest of all time? How did he have like a 25-yard run? Did they not on realize? On one ankle. Could, yeah. Uh, they're showing the replay right now, and he's just basically hopping down the field. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Pat, cover the tip of the ball correctly. Did you notice how he was running with that? Pat, what are you doing? Not only could I not believe he could move down the field, the Eagles clearly couldn't either because they're like, what do we do? He's running. <laughs> and then, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the Cardinals will interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon for their head coach opening today. So did the Super Bowl improve or hurt Gannon's chances to be the next head coach of the Cardinals? Uh, well, it didn't. It didn't help. I mean, they uh, they they defensively, I don't want to say melted down in the second half, but every time the Chiefs had the ball, they scored. It's the Chiefs. They're doing this to everybody except Cincinnati uh, at this point. So, I don't if it if it did anything, it hurt, but I don't think it hurt enough where the, I mean, the Eagles still had one of the best defenses in the league all season long. So, if the Cardinals were really interested in him, I don't think they're going to look and say, well, you couldn't stop Mahomes in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, so we're going with this guy instead. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I I can't see it improving his odds of actually being hired by the Arizona Cardinals. Now, all of a sudden, if you would have won the Super Bowl and and things would have gone differently maybe during the game and they would have gotten to Pat Mahomes, even though the Chiefs are really, really good at protecting Patrick Mahomes, but now all of a sudden you gave up five sacks to the Philadelphia Eagles because they were scheming it and their defense won the game when it mattered most, yeah, I think that would have improved his odds of being the next head coach for the Cardinals. So the fact that that didn't happen, yeah, there's no doubt. I would say there's less chance of actually being the head coach. All right, that was Wolfen down your lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. Did we just watch one of the best second halves in Super Bowl history? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. We'll get into that next on uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. For everybody that's feeling sad, the Phoenix Suns just acquired one of the top 12 basketball players that's ever walked the face of the earth. And it's funny because for all the clucking that was coming out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area about, oh, just wait till you have to deal with our isolation ball and Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Okay, hold this beer, Dallas. Here's Devin Booker there. There's KD there. Here's Chris Paul choosing. Who do I want to pass to? And there's DA down low. Bickley and Murata, mornings on Arizona Sports. Local sports leader. Everybody is talking about regenerative medicine these days because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, everybody, it's Dan Bickley, and QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. Remember, times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. So stop taking the pain meds. Discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years and thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me. QC Kinetics has four locations in the Valley. You can find them in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Chandler, and Peoria. So give them a call for a free consultation. 602-837-PAIN 602-837-PAIN for QC Kinetics. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Over the past 30 years, I've had people come up to me, often other lawyers, to tell me what a clever marketing idea it was for Cordell and Cordell to commit to men in divorce. Though intended as a compliment, such statements have always bothered me. For one thing, it's far from clear that a decision that's likely to disaffect half the market is a good business decision. But more troubling is the presumption that Cordell and Cordell's success is largely a result of good marketing. I think if you ask one of our 300-plus attorneys or one of our 100,000-plus former clients that you'd hear a lot about practice skills, experience, client care, and integrity. These are the much harder things that best account for the growth and reputation over time of any law firm, including Cordell & Cordell. Having said all this, I am proud of our marketing messages, and I do want guys to know that we're here to help them. If we can help you, give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Phoenix area attorneys, a partner men can count on. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Okay, Dean Wine of IBW Local 640. This is only a 30-second spot, so we got to be quick. Let's go, Wolf. You guys still need 
more skilled electricians? Yeah, lots of them. Experience required? We'd like at least three years. Do new members start at the bottom of the pay scale? No way. They start according to their skill level and can either stay there or train to move up. Benefits? Employer-paid health care for the member and their family. Shot clock's running out. Go to IBW640.com. That's IBW640.com. Gambo here for Collins Comfort Masters. It's 30 degrees, your heat goes out, your pipes are freezing. No worry. Toilet clogged, no hot water, no worry. Spending too much on bottled water, no worry. Can't find your credit card, mm, worry. Hey, Collins can't solve everything. I use Collins Comfort for all my heating, plumbing, and water softener needs. I used to worry about someone coming out and recommending things I really didn't need, but that's not Collins. They come out, we'll do a tune-up and a safety check on your furnish, and it only costs $79. That's $20 off. Their safety check gives you peace of mind, helps prevent potential fires and carbon monoxide issues, and can even help you save up to $100 per month on your utility bills. Collins Comfort is who I trust, and all the work comes with their no-worry guarantee. It's even in their phone number, 480-NO-WORRY. All my listeners should be using Collins. Call 480-NO-WORRY, Collins Comfort, home of the no-worry service and pricing. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, there's definitely a moment in the second quarter yesterday, Wolf, where I turned to some of the people I was watching the game with, like, uh, this might get out of hand right now. The Eagles were up. It was a 24-14 at halftime. But in the second quarter, you know, the, the, the Chiefs really hadn't had the ball very much. Seven of their 14 points came off a fumble recovery. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was re-injured, which was the great fear going into this game. If Okay, if this is going to be a blowout, it's probably going to be the Eagles because Mahomes got hurt, right? I mean, that was if there was any way that game was going to be a blowout, that was pretty much it. And then the second half started... And Mahomes not only played, he played out of his mind. And Andy Reid and that coaching staff, which includes Eric Bieniemy, put together some of these plays where it was just like this Eagles defense that was one of the very best in football all year. I mean, that guy's just wide open in the end zone. We saw two teams yesterday that were in the Super Bowl for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was clearly when they need a yard or two, they can get it. The Chiefs will just drop a play where you're not yeah. covering two of their guys. Yeah. And the Eagles will just line everybody up in front of and behind Jalen Hurts and shove him forward two yards, and it works 100% of the time. Yeah, you know, in the first half, you, you have to talk about the first half before you juxtapose it with the second half, obviously. The Eagles were clearly the better team. Uh, especially their defense and their secondary, specifically. They played so well. And Jalen Hurts had, what, two rushing touchdowns and a 45-yard passing touchdown? He was the best player on the field in the first half. And he wasn't bad in the second either. No. The Chiefs really had to possess the ball, and that was the difference right there. That was the difference. Stop and think about this. In the first half, the Eagles had the ball 21 minutes and 54 seconds. We're talking, what? Are you uh, Out of 30 minutes, 21-54. That was the time of possession for the Eagles in that first half. They ran 44 plays to the, to the Chiefs' 20. 
17 first downs to six. On and on it went. It was the Kansas City Chiefs had not even converted a third down in the first half. They were 0 for 3. <laughs> and, and the Eagles, 6 of 10. 60%, which is an awesome conversion rate. It was, it was, the Eagles were the better team in that first half. When Pacheco scored to start the third quarter, it was like five minutes into the third quarter, and it made it 24 21. I remember thinking, this game feels like it's 37 to 14 Philadelphia. <laughs> How are the Chiefs within three points? But then you immediately have the other thought of, Man, if I'm Philadelphia, I feel like I've controlled this game, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are within three points. Yes. And at that point, you're like, this <laughs> this could get really dicey, and it did. What was amazing about this, my brothers, to me, was one of the greatest second halves in Super Bowl history, at least to me. And the reason why I say that is because it looked like the Eagles were flat out the better team in that first half. And they were up by 10. They had a, yeah, they had a 24-14. At that point in time. But have you heard me say this over and over and over again? Please don't play the Marshawn Lynch. But have you heard me say you need to be capable of being whatever you need to be in order to beat your opponent? Have you heard that before? That's exactly what happened in the second half. That's exactly who the Kansas City Chiefs became in the second half. The Chiefs aren't a great running team, Ron Wolfley reporting. They are not. But they had to come out and run the ball in order to win this game. Even though they were down by 10 points, they came out on the very first possession. The possession that got them back in the game. Trailing by 10 in the first half. They came out on that first possession of the second half, and they ran the ball six times in that 10-play drive. That cut the lead to a three-point lead for the Eagles. They ran it six times. Seven if you count Mahomes pulling the ball down and actually running it. They came out with an attitude of saying, this is what we're going to do. And if we're going to win this game in the second half, it's going to be because we're balanced. We're going to help Pat by being able to run the ball. They came roaring back after being down. And for me... That was huge in this game. That and the fact the Chiefs just found a way to play better. Isn't that right, Kadarius Tony? The Eagles were giving up about 20 points a game all season. And they were number two in total yards per game allowed. Like, not even a yard worse than San Francisco. Okay, so this is a good defense. They gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter alone with the entire season on the line. This is Patrick Mahomes uh, asked what he told his team at halftime. I I talked a little bit, but it was everybody. It wasn't like I was the only person talking in that locker room. And we just challenged each other, man, to leave everything out there. And I I don't want to say we played tight in the first half, but you didn't see that same joy that we played with. And I wanted guys to just know that everything we worked for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't you can't let the moment overtake you. Um, and um, I thought the guys did that in the second half, and they fought to the very end. What a leader. Honestly, right now, do you, do you see what he's doing? He gets up there in front of the football universe and says, yeah, you know what, I, I was talking. There's no doubt I talked. There were a lot of guys actually talking. This is... A, yeah. The humility is such a beautiful part. It, it's one of the things that makes him so strong 
and that strength makes Patrick Mahomes good because of his humility. It starts with that. My young crunk brothers right now, you want to get better at anything you do. I don't care what it is. You want to get better at anything you do, anything your hand finds to do, be humble. Be humble. Because if you're humbled, you'll be able to see the blemishes. You'll be able to see the obstacles. You'll be able to see why it is you continue to sabotage yourself. Because you're not being humble. You can't see where you need to get better. It won't ground you. Patrick Mahomes, one of his greatest strengths is the fact the kid is humble to his core. And you heard Andy Reid talking about that in a cut you played earlier in this beautiful broadcast. It's just, I cannot stress it enough. It starts with the person, and then it goes to the player. Uh, more from Mahomes, because the, the issue at halftime was, all right, is he going to be able to play? I think we all assumed he was going to play in the second half. But was he going to be able to actually like throw the football? Was he just not going to be a threat to run at all? Like Were they going to be able to drop everybody in the coverage? Uh, he said he wasn't worried about the ankle. I felt really good until I, I, re- I re- kind of aggravated it a little bit. But uh, it was, I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. You can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the offseason. So I, I just kind of just fought through, and we were able to win the game. I didn't really care who won, Wolf. I th- I, what I liked about it was... There are games, and I know, I know you feel this way, where you know people. Oh, yeah, I want to see seventy-three points a game. There are games where there's seventy-three points. You're like, this is not good football. I thought yesterday was seventy-three points because of two great quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts becoming a I great agree quarterback. With that I do. Uh, what I what I didn't want was to watch a second half. No offense, Chad Henney, if you're still in the valley and listening, I didn't want a second half of watching Chad Henney and the Eagles beating another team that didn't I, have their absolutely, quarterback. Absolutely, like, come on. Man, I like, stood up when he went down. Yeah, because you could see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. See exactly was the same ankle. Yeah, I love how people are like, "Oh, he was faking it." Um, <laughs> did <laughs> maybe, you watch the replay? I mean, do we not trust anything anymore? Like we all saw him get hurt a couple weeks ago. What that exact same ankle? I just that was the biggest thing for me is I wanted him to come back in the second half and play and play well, and then whoever wins wins because obviously the Cardinals are not in the Super Bowl, so I don't really care. And it's not like Dallas was out there and I was rooting actively against somebody. Um, so, I mean, he did. He came back. Now that he played, he played out of his mind. What a dirtbag, man. Uh, back when I played, we used to call guys dirtbags. It was a compliment when you would call them that because the guy would be able to just walk through anything, do anything. What a dirtbag. Down in the dirt <laughs> and doesn't care. Will fight you to the ground. That's the dirtbag that is Pat Mahomes. I mean, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, no Tyreek Hill this year. One ankle in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs just win anyway. And I was looking at the odds for next year because, of course, they put them out right after the game. I mean, they're favored again next year. There's a bunch of stories out there today like, oh, who are some long shots to take for next year? Do you feel comfortable taking anybody other than the Chiefs? I mean, we got to see who moves around, who's San Francisco's quarterback. I mean, certainly Buffalo and Cincinnati should be in the conversation. Stuff's going to change around the league. But for the most part, it feels like the Chiefs are on such a higher level right now that only like two or three teams, Philadelphia certainly as well, can really catch them. Everybody else is just trying to move up from 20th to 12th or whatever it feels like. Yeah, no, I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't know how you could. Just so you know. Okay. Um, Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Cardinals are interviewing Jonathan Gannon for their head coaching vacancy today. So where does this coaching search stand? We're five weeks into it. We'll reset it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 Oh by all accounts Jonathan Gannon just hanging out in Arizona today and uh interviewing for the Cardinals head coaching job so what a week ago was down to three finalists, Wolf, then went down to two finalists because Brian Flores took a defensive coordinator job. Minnesota is now back up to three finalists with Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, we didn't hear a lot about Jonathan Gannon. We did hear some rumors that were out there, but the reports were coming out that, again, the Arizona Cardinals had whittled it down to Mike Kafka or Lou Anarumo. We were talking about this at the end of last week, of course, and now apparently, no, that net is cast far and wide, and we have a third Contestant. The thing I never understood, and this is sort of off topic, but if if they were interested in Kafka, and depending who you believe, he he may be. Cameron Cox had that tweet earlier today that he had been told it's down to Anarumo and Gannon. Um, but either way, they were clearly interested in Kafka. Maybe they still are. Why be interested in him, but not be interested in Shane Steichen? You know what I mean? Like, I understand if you're looking at the Eagles and being like, okay, I don't really want to go with another young offensive mind. We're talking about this during the season. The Eagles at least run something similar to what the Cardinals were running, but they run it very successfully because they almost just won the Super Bowl yesterday. Why would you not be interested in him but be interested in Kafka? Maybe it's the interviews. Maybe it's the connections. Who knows? Yeah, you know what I think, too? I think that Steichen is going to be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of seems that way. And because of that, I think that probably has an awful lot to do with the Arizona Cardinals not interviewing Shane Steichen. That's... That, that's my guess. But if you really wanted him, you I, Tom Pelissero was on, I think it was Victor Murata last week when we were out there at a media row, and, and he was the one that said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but essentially if, if Dan Quinn hadn't gone back to Dallas, that's who the Cardinals wanted. My, my belief is if Dan Quinn had not decided not to take a head coaching job in this cycle, the Cardinals would have had their head coach a couple of weeks ago. Didn't end up playing out that way. And so, you know, they got Lou Anarumo talking to him today. Mike Kafka um, was there on Tuesday, or excuse me, Zooming on Tuesday because they're, they're back to Zooms here. And, and I know the Cardinals have you know been digging around on some of the coaches in this game too. And so we'll see, you know, how exactly they wrap up this process. You guys could all hear that, right? I wasn't imagining that. No, okay, right, good. exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting right now, the Arizona Cardinals coaching search. I, I know there are many people out there that gets them all fired up, and rightfully so. Keep that passion. That's fantastic right there. I'm, I'm frustrated as well that it's taken this long, but I just want Big Red to get it right. <laughs> My beloved Big Red. I'm just, I want him to get it right. And unfortunately, here's the worst part about this for me. We're really not going to know the answer to that question for a couple of years. Yeah. Because you got to give a guy time, whoever it is that's going to walk in here. Maybe we'll know. Maybe we'll know immediately uh, in the first year. Maybe it will be a situation where the guy just lights it up. Maybe we'll know immediately that this is the right hire going forward. I don't know. But for me, I'd rather give a large sample size for a guy to turn it around. And I know there's a lot of fans out there that don't like that. Well, I don't. Maybe that. I don't know if it makes me feel better or worse what he just said about Dan Quinn because if you tried to get Sean Payton and couldn't get Sean Payton, 
I'm not going to hold that against you. Right. I'm really not. Like, that's one of those guys that's going to pick where he wants to go. And you know, I heard you hear some stuff over the weekend where it's like, yeah, he always knew he was going to Denver. You know, and go all the way back to when he wore the orange tie the other, like, couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, he was joking around because he knew it was Denver and he was, whatever, whatever you believe there. Like, that, that's a different class that you're getting into where you know, you know what you're dealing with. Like, you, you might just be used as leverage or maybe just whatever. Sure. Dan Quinn, the fact that they wanted him is encouraging to me in that respect, because if you hired Dan Quinn, that's a good hire right out of the gate. Now, maybe you don't win a Super Bowl, but that's a good hire. But it's discouraging that if they wanted Dan Quinn, he took a defensive coordinator job instead. You know what I mean? So it's just that's why that's why coaching searches don't take five weeks, because that's a long time to be on the roller coaster. Yeah. You know what I think, though, with Dan Quinn, he obviously has a job in mind. He has he has a job in mind where he wants to go, and he's in a really, really good spot right now as a defensive coordinator with that defense yeah. and the players that he has. And he has love in his heart for the guys that he's coaching right now. I, I, think, I think he's got a specific coaching job that he's looking at right now, and whatever that is, I don't know, but he does. But I'm encouraged that the Cardinals were going after him. Because to me, that would have been the best hire out of all these names. Sean Payton aside for a second, because you only have so much control. Like I said, it's frustrating, though, to hear that and know that this coaching search could have been over a few weeks ago. And like, how much better would you feel about things right now? And again, winning the offseason isn't what matters. But how much better would you feel right now if it was like, oh, yeah, Dan Quinn's the coach, combines in two weeks. Like, here we go. Oh, no. Listen, I'm not going to dispute that whatsoever. I love Dan Quinn as well and thought that he would have been a great hire, but it doesn't guarantee that he would have been. That's all Certainly, I'm saying. Yeah, nothing. That, yeah. That, that is, yeah, it makes me feel good. It placates all of us. Yeah, it felt great. You kidding me? Yeah, go hire that guy. Get Sean Payton. Even if you would have hired Sean Payton, it's not a guarantee. And that's, and that's what I have to remind myself. Because we all have wants and desires and needs, do we not? And for me, I would have loved that if the Cardinals would have got Sean Payton. But it's no guarantee that even Sean Payton, the great Sean Payton, would have been able to actually turn this team around and reach Kyler Murray and evolve Kyler Murray. We're, we're like in sports limbo right now where the Cardinals, okay, a bunch of people wanted them to fire Cliff Kingsbury, so they did. But they don't have a coach yet. All right, well, the Suns went out and traded Mikel Bridges for Cam Johnson for Kevin Durant. But they don't have Kevin Durant yet. <laughs> like, we've as a, as a city, we've, we just hosted the Super Bowl for you, but we didn't get to play in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. time to start getting a payoff on some of these things. The one name that is out there that really has just <laughs> totally grabbed my attention is Eric Bieniemy. Uh, wait a minute. Okay, so you're not talking about Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. You're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs coordinator coming in as a coordinator with the Arizona Cardinals. There's a story out there this morning, of course, a couple of stories, that that is a possibility depending on who the Arizona Cardinals hire as their head coach. Interesting. We're all assuming, though, that was only a possibility if it was Mike Kafka who was going to be hired. And the reason why we say that is because Mike Kafka obviously worked with Eric Bieniemy when he was at Kansas City. So we all make that assumption. Maybe not. I wonder if there is a possibility that one of these defensive-minded coaches also know. Eric Bieniemy. I know that Lou Anarumo knows Eric Bieniemy really well from a schematic perspective. <laughs> 
right? Yeah, Lou Anarumo's the, the only guy that can stop the Chiefs. <laughs> he really has He's been the, the only guy. guy. right there. Oh, man, wouldn't you love to know if those guys, the affinity they have for each other or not. Well, Lou's like, I'm tired of trying to stop your offense. And Eric's like, I'm tired of trying to score on your defense. Why don't we just team up in Arizona? Here's Ian Rappaport real quick uh, from NFL Network today. Michael Bidwell, the owner, saying they hit pause a little bit so as not to take some shine away from the Super Bowl. But that is not the only reason. Sources say the Cardinals are expected to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. That is expected to happen on Monday. There's been a little whispers about this. has been mostly under the radar, but now it is clear they are expected expected to request permission. That interview is going to happen on Monday. The team will go home. He will stay here. He's considered to be, guys, a top target for the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, they did second interviews this week with Lou Anarumo. Really impressive. The Bengals defensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, the Giants OC. That was on Tuesday. The Eagles are going to try to keep him. No guarantee this happens or that he gets it, but an important interview. Interesting. Interesting little plot twist here at the end. I, I don't really put a ton of stock into yesterday's game in terms of like that. That's and I don't think it's going to decide it for them either. You right, know what I mean? Right. I don't look at that and be like, well, he couldn't, they couldn't stop Mahomes in the second half of the Super Bowl. Like, I would love to be in that position in three years where we're like, well, we should have seen this coming. The Cardinals just lost to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like that feels so far away that uh, <laughs> that yesterday doesn't really play into it for me. I will say, though, that, man, it looks a lot better for Jonathan Gannon if the Eagles would have won. Uh, well, yeah. And, and like and a now strong a sudden, defensive performance. Strong defensive performance. They had five sacks of Pat Mahomes, turned him over a couple of times. Well, why don't we jump on that wave? We come back. Where's your confidence level with the Phoenix Suns now after having a weekend to sort of reset? Starting to get some players back. May see some of the new guys tomorrow. Still no KD yet, though. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back to Suns. They will play tomorrow. It's a big game tomorrow, Wolf, at home against Sacramento, who just won't go away in that uh, NBA, in the, in the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, so Sacramento at home tomorrow for the Suns, and then the Clippers Thursday, and then the All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, that's at least initially when it was supposed to be, hey, you might get Kevin Durant back. Right now, the Suns, eight and a half back of, of uh, first in the West. That's fine. You're not catching Denver for first in the regular season. Four, and a, uh, four back of Memphis for second, but two back of Sacramento for third, currently tied with Dallas already for fourth. So the Suns are already back in a top four spot and got the win over uh, Indiana on Friday at Dallas. <laughs> That would be the first round matchup right now. Four, oh, five, man. Suns, Mavericks, Booker, Durant, Luka, Kyrie. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yes. Honestly, do you not want to see the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks in the postseason? As long as everybody's healthy. No, everyone's healthy. Yeah. Everyone's ready to go. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, look, it's Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Let's, <laughs> let's settle what happened last year, but we each get to grab somebody off the nets. And look, it's Kevin Durant, everybody. You know, I come on. KD versus Kyrie, come Booker on. versus Luke. I mean, come on. Yeah, this. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, I want to see that. Raise your hand right now. Command and control. 
You want to see that or not? I, Nobody's listening. Okay, fine. No, they're listening. They just don't want to see Luka in a seven-game series again. Everybody's done, everybody's done with Luka. But now that you throw in the KD and Kyrie angle to it, it gets a little more uh, interesting. Here's, um, here's Jay Williams from, uh, from our show on Thursday. This is right after the Kevin Durant trade, talking about if he sees the Suns as the favorites now. I think on paper they're the favorites. Um, I, I still put a lot of respect on Denver's name and what they've been able to achieve this year. I've always said health was going to be something for them. I still think Boston is the most complete team in the NBA. Just think about this. They have two wings that can defend your two wings now. And they have Marcus Smart that is a younger dog version of CP3. Maybe not a gifted passer, but they have the most depth in the NBA. As well with Malcolm Brogdon and other teams, so you know, and Giannis is playing at a high level. I think it makes him a, a title contender. I don't know if it makes him a favorite. I need to see. Well, I'm like you. Give me some continuity. Let me yeah. see. Let me see some games. Let me see how they this team. Who every year teams go through up and down. Let me see how they grow as a unit in the second half of the year, and then I could tell you if I think they're a favorite going into yep. the playoffs. You know, I love that right there because honestly, he's right. I agree with him on the Boston Celtics and their culture and the kind of culture they have. It was something that we all loved and appreciated about the Phoenix Suns last year. The culture that we saw, the culture they had. And it was the exact same reason why this year something felt different. And I realized it was disjointed because of all the injuries. But again, we all know deep down inside, if you are if you take off the rose-colored glasses and you look at the Phoenix Suns playing basketball this year, there, there was... There was something there. There was something different about this team that just was not as good as what we saw last year. How did Dave Pash put it? <laughs> Dave hey, Pash I have the pass. You want? You, I'll just play it. I have the pass. Oh yeah, right you've here. got the Dave Pash. I, I think this is the same cut. Well, it's a dream come true if you're a Suns fan because you acquired one of the greatest players of all time, one of the hardest working players in the NBA, and yes, you gave up draft picks, but draft picks are not how you build a championship team in the NBA anymore. You build with free agents and trades. And with a healthy Devin Booker and a healthy Kevin Durant, you might have the best one-two punch in the league uh, in terms of scoring. You have Chris Paul now in a situation where he doesn't have to be that third option. I still think you have some guys that can help you off the bench. Assuming that KD is healthy, he uh, was playing. I had one of his games. I'm actually in New Orleans tonight where I was uh, for his game right before he got hurt. Uh, and at that point, this was early January, he was playing like an MVP. So assuming he's back to health, uh, they're the team to beat in the West and maybe the NBA. That wasn't the exact cut. No, that was I, not. I know, I know, I know what you're looking for you, now. You yeah. know what I was doing. I, yeah. I, I said to him, David, there were, it was obvious there was something different about this team. Do you agree with that, David? And he said, he said yeah, they just weren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which blew my mind. But again, yeah, they weren't good enough. They needed more offense, and uh, I think I think that was clear. Um, even when Book was healthy early in the year, you know, Chris Paul uh, just expecting him at his age to do what he you know did prior to the postseason last year, and just expecting it night after night. I, I think that was a big ask. Um, 
and I know they wanted Mikel Bridges to grow as an offensive player. I'm sure they didn't want to trade him, but they had to uh, to get this deal done. Right. So I, I just don't think that they were good enough offensively. They had to make a move. Um, this is more as a Suns fan. You know, if you're a Suns fan out there, this is you know more than you could ask for. So what is so cool about this? One of the things I cannot wait to see. This is a new beginning for the Phoenix Suns. This is culture, a new way to start, a new culture to start formulating with the Phoenix Suns right now. That's exciting to me. Like, what is this team going to be? What are they going to turn into with Kevin Durant? Whom, by the way, Bayes is having one of the best defensive years he's ever had as a player. <laughs> Very interesting. What what kind of culture are they going to breed now? What's it going to look like? Let's be clear. Kevin Durant's only weakness is staying on the court. There's no other. I mean, when when he is playing and playing consistently, there have been times in the last few years where you look and you're like, and, and I want I want to be careful with how I say this. But there are times when he's playing, you're like, oh, he's right there with LeBron. He's right there with LeBron. Now, LeBron has done it year in and year out. He's played longer. He's got more titles. So I'm not saying he is LeBron. And LeBron is, sure. is clearly one of the two best players of all time. But I'm just saying when Durant is healthy, you watch and you're like, oh, you forget how tall he is, too. So it's not like, it's like, oh, I kind of have a big man on the team now, too. Um, there's nothing he can't do on the court as long as he's on the court. I am very interested to see what this does for KD as well. Suddenly, here he is on a humble team, a very humble team. Um, Listen, you know I love a little something-something coming out of the side of the neck, but Draymond Green has got a little something of that and then some, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. And I don't know if that's necessarily good. I think KD is going to look at Chris Paul. I think KD is going to look at Devin Booker. And I think those guys are going to have an impact on him going forward. I think Monty Williams as well. Don't underestimate that impact on KD going forward. James Jones and his impact on Kevin Durant. I I am interested to see what this does to Kevin Durant. I know there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, what is KD going to do for the Phoenix Suns? And rightfully so, Basin audience, that was the question I started to ask until I moved to that one, which to me is just as important. What might the Phoenix Suns do? For Kevin Durant. Well, the other the other part of this too is he wanted to come here. You know what I mean? This is not a team trying to fit a square peg into a round hole of like, well, you know what? We've got assets and we really could use a guy like Durant. And he gets here and he's like, eh, I don't know. You know, you may hate that that's part of the equation in in sports today, but it is. And so, in terms of making this trade, you you went out and got a guy that you know wants to be here. I mean, I remember I remember Devin Booker's rookie year hearing interviews with Kevin Durant. And they would ask him, okay, who, who's somebody you like watching or who's, who's somebody's game you really like, appreciate? He would point out Devin Booker after Booker's rookie year. Wow. So he, he has been all in on playing with Booker at some point in his career. And he, look, it's not like six or seven years ago he was like, I have to play with that guy. But when they would ask him, he'd be like, Devin Booker in Phoenix, keep an eye on that guy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, obviously here we know that. But nationally, it felt like people finally caught on to that like a year and a half ago. You yeah. know what I mean? But players, and we've had this conversation before, Durant was one of the players, right? at the beginning that was like, 
that guy. You know that guy's cool? got I it. I just want to say this quickly before we go to the not-so-beautiful part of the program, but the Warriors the Warriors had a culture, and it was we played defense around here. And and I think that was okay, and that was good, and KD tried. There's no doubt about it. The Brooklyn Nets, they adopted the Mike D'Antoni. They, they adopted his philosophy. If my guy outscores your guy who played better defense, that was it. That was Mike D'Antoni. That, that's who he was. Now, all of a sudden, KD's coming back to a culture that is real and exists here. We play defense here. I wonder what that's going to do to him. I can't wait to see it. We play defense here, and you're going to have to play really good defense because we just traded away our best defender. I mean, that's, but that's the reality. You're not getting Kevin Durant for is your he leftovers. capable of doing it? Yes, he is. And it's not a rental. He's here for three more years. Uh, all right, when we come back, how'd you feel about that holding call on third down in Super Bowl 57? One of the better games we have seen in a while, but one of the more frustrating ends to it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.